Welcome to Family Tech Talk, the show that helps you be the tech expert of your home. From interviews with lifestyle experts on how they use technology to tech tips and the latest news. No matter what your skill level is with Family Tech Talk, you can be the person all your friends and family go to for tech advice. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello and welcome to Family Tech, where you get to be the tech expert of your home. Today, my guest is Shelly Delane, who is the chief mom at Pinwheel. Shelly, first, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what is a chief mom and what kind of things you do for Pinwheel? That is a great question. Everybody wants to know what a chief mom is. And the answer is it's a lot of things. I am a single mom of an 11-year-old about to enter middle school. And I joined the Pinwheel team a few years ago when I was looking for a phone solution for my own kid. And Pinwheel hadn't even launched a public sales yet. And I have a background in marketing and working with startups and doing consulting work of that sort and in community development and lots of things that Pinwheel needed at the time. So I joined and Chief Mom was my way of saying, like all moms, I'm here to help with whatever's broken right right now and needs fixing. And that's still more or less what I do. Somebody spills the milk, I'm there to wipe it up and try and keep it from spilling again. That makes absolute sense because as moms, we wear so many hats, you know, we're the chauffeur, we're the cook, we're the cleaner, like all of the hats. So that totally makes sense to have that position in a company. And startups and kids are very similar as it turns out. (laughs) Startups and kids are very similar. And I'm sure everyone's curious because I was curious when the stream started. What is that payphone that you are talking into? (laughs) This is actually my headset for my computer. It plugs into my computer and it just, it amuses me, but it also works better because I lose AirPods and can never keep them connected. And this is just like, it works. Plus it lets me do this and it makes me feel like I'm 15 again. (laughs) It does make me like, I, I would, so over the weekend I was in Mammoth with my family and saw a actual payphone and like I picked it up and I'm like oh my gosh nostalgia like this is bringing me super back like you know 30 years (laughs) plus fidgeting with the like curly cord like never get old that is still gratifying yes like I remember like just constantly wrapping it around my finger unwrapping it like wow that's like the original fidget spinner for sure exactly yeah so I love it I I'm gonna have to check on Amazon for that like as soon as I'm done here (laughs) and I will tell you one of the other things that it does for for me personally like having the analog thing reminds me also of when I was a teenager I don't know if it was this way in your house or not, but when I was growing up, my mom taught us like specifically how to answer the phone politely, how to take a message, how to end a phone call politely and all of those things. Like that was actually like a thing that was taught. And one of the things that this does for me, like having this, it reminds me 
of like we used to start off learning that simple process and now kids are often given a phone that is not not even this simple it's got like the whole world in it and a lot of kids aren't taught anything right. so like it also keeps me grounded in remembering just how many skills go into a kid using a phone well yeah for sure i i love all of that just it sounds like so much fun. Like I said, I'm I'm going to check out Amazon as soon as we're done chatting here. So let's talk about AI because that's what we are mainly here for. So AI technology is everywhere these days and especially with the explosion of ChatGPT and even adults like so not only ChatGPT, but there's, you know, the Photoshop has their generative AI, like everything's got, you know, a little AI piece to it now. So even adults can have a hard time figuring out what's real, what's not, you know. So how should we talk to our kids about reality and AI? Like, what should we be discussing with them? Okay, I love that you're jumping straight into the reality question. (laughs) It's such a thing always on my mind and it just comes up so much. And one one of the things that I've seen be effective for me and that I have been seeing other people leaning into also is understanding that one, the more you are familiar with the tools, like learning new things as we get older, it's hard to find the time. It's hard to find the enthusiasm, but like the more you're familiar with the tool yourself, the more able you are to guide your kids. And then also recognizing that the more kids are grounded in assessing and evaluating the physical world around them, the more able they are to discern real from not real online. Like those physical world skills skills do translate some to the online world. So like even things like getting kids to question, like they hear something and being able to like learn to question, like, was that true? Or I said something, was that true? Was that really what happened? Like, is could this be seen another way? And teaching kids to think critically about all the input they get helps to frame that conversation around the online world also. Because the amount of stuff they can fake now is, it's really dizzying. And yeah. it's really dizzying. And also... Once you understand the tools and can guide kids, the more kids can see what the kids are, what the tools are capable of, that also helps. Like, I know with my kid, like, before joining Pinwheel, I did graphic design work for a million years. So, like, Photoshop is my backyard. I used to do Photoshop. (laughs) Nice. So, like, I know, I know. and, And, like, I know that when Photoshop first came to the fore, People were shocked when it came out, like just how manipulated images were on magazine covers and all of that. Right. And we never really even dealt with that very well, frankly. (laughs) But we did learn to spot it more, right? Mm -hmm. But like now, it's pervasive. Any images you see online are likely to not quite be real. So noticing what the tools are capable of and how it differs from what you see in real life. Like when you see someone, like right now, 
even now joining this, it asks you, do you want the camera to touch up your appearance? Right. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's okay. I'll go. I'm go good all cut. natural. Yeah. How I am. <laughs> but because of things like that, like it's so pervasive that teaching kids to recognize the way people look online isn't the way they always looked in real life. And like noticing the world around them and noticing the differences with the online world helps to point that out. Plus things like count the fingers. Do you know that one? No. AI image generators, they're getting better at it, but AI image generators are terrible at doing hands. Oh, still. yeah. So when you look at an image, like always look at the hands because an yeah. easy tell is if it has six fingers or the fingers are really long or weird looking, it's probably AI. It's like a quick shortcut to discern that. That's a great tip. I did like so on TikTok that rem- I, I want I always call it the Remini app because I love like Leah Remini, but I love her too. But it's the like Remini or something like that. Anyway, there there's an app that is very good at like generating like headshots and things like that. Like, you know, people are using it for like their LinkedIn profile. And so there was a lot of like TikTok like reactions to these like images. And one of the ones that I reacted to on my YouTube is is a lady who was pregnant and like had her arms. And then there's like four arms. Like (laughs) I generated like all of these arms like holding her belly. And it was so funny. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I even I re like I replayed that one because I'm like, oh my gosh, this one's hilarious because that it's, it's all the arms, but I, I that's so that's a really great tip to like count the fingers, look at the hands because AI is not that good at that. And one of the other things like that I was looking at recently with the one that does headshot. Yeah. It's also a good example of the way the data that AI is trained on can affect the outcomes mm-hmm. because there was a young woman who posted an image. She had taken a photo of herself and run it through the headshot thing to use for her LinkedIn thing and asked it to make her look more professional. Did you see this one? I I might have. There was like several that I looked at, but yeah. So in this case, you know, she wanted- Oh, it it changed her race. Is this the one you're talking about? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, keep going. And so the AI's understanding of what would make her look professional wasn't changing her outfit she was wearing a sweatshirt it was changing her face to look less asian and more caucasian right and that is a problem huge problem but it's also part and parcel of like the machines only know what they've been trained on and when the data set that they're trained on has that bias in it Mm -hmm. you can't blame the machine we're right. drawing that conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, you, you programmed it. I'm not you, but you know. It, well, and it's not even directly related to the people who built it. Right. It's just based on that's the data that's out there and the way our biases have been skewed. So one of the things that I have hope about with AI is it can actually help us to see where collectively we still have a lot of embedded bias. 
in the world and that we can maybe transcend that and get better about it Mm -hmm. because we can see it more like, oh, oh, yeah. So AI is self-reflective tool for humanity. Yeah. Well, and because I, I can imagine that the data set that is being programmed with is like, okay, these are all like the CEOs, you know, and all of the CEOs were like, you know, at least it didn't give her a mustache. I know, right? <laughs> well, thank goodness for that, right? <laughs> but yeah, so like, you know, all the data set is like, oh, okay, so these are like the the professionals. So it also shows that we need more diversity in like in the management of our of the companies. So exactly, um, yeah, exactly. That and that's what I mean. Like, if we interpret it that way and go, well, wait, why did it draw this conclusion? Right. What's going into it that would lead to that? Oh, wait, maybe there's a bigger problem here we need to look at. Like that could be valuable. And those are the kinds of things that like, if kids are taught to look at it that way mm-hmm. and to question, like why? Why did it say that? Was that true? Like when kids are taught that it's okay to question things and not just accept them. Yeah. Yeah. They're the ones who are going to be the next generation of builders who are going to inform like what these tools turn into and how they're used in their adult life. And like, I sure as heck want them thinking about it and questioning it. Right. While they're still young and optimistic and creative <laughs> and can come up with like, how do we solve systemic bias in hiring? Right. Hmm. <laughs> like, but kids come it, up kid. with brilliant ideas, so yeah. you never know. Yeah, it could happen. But that also leads me, I was just talking yesterday on my my other podcast called the Not Null Podcast, and we were talking about the Amazon is testing out AI-generated reviews. So it's basically aggregating all of the reviews and saying, hey, so most customers are saying this, and it's overwhelmingly positive. And, you know, again, that's because you know, we, you've got 200 reviews to go through and there's 200 or there's like you know, 195 positive reviews and five negative reviews. It's going to be like, OK, well, you know, those are outliers. And so I'm going to like take that out and just aggregate the positive. And so that's kind of the same thing where like where the majority is this. So it's going to kind of take those you know, that diversity and that those outliers out of the equation, because statistically, it doesn't matter, you know, to the statistics. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's super interesting. And I like I was I keep I've been keeping an eye on that, too, because you're right. Like, that is a great example of I get it. That does Mm -hmm. have value. And there's some problems with that approach. (laughs) Like, I'm hoping that it will still make all of the original reviews available and not just replaced with the aggregate. Like that seems to be yeah. where they're going. But like, I'm sure they will. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But what my suggestion was like, it should aggregate all of the five-star reviews and aggregate all of the one-star reviews. Say like, these are the like the negative things people are saying and this is the positive things people are saying. And then that way, it's a little more balanced because they can pull out those outliers and and aggregate that and this you know so it's a little more balanced that's a great idea because i know for me a lot of times like that aggregation is kind of what you 
your brain does anyway when you're skimming through reviews. You're looking right. for the same keywords. You're looking for certain things. Like you're looking to see like how common is it that I see this? So like the aggregation makes sense. Yeah. But I, for one, almost always click on the most negative reviews first. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's like gotta what see I want to see. Saying. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what's the problem here? Like when I Google something, I'm like, something, something sucks. You know, I see the clean. I'm not the only one that does that. I find it very useful because there's always the congratulatory, congratulatory things out there and the self-promotional things out there. And like the fans of something are easy to find. But like, what's wrong with it? Like, what do I I really need to know to make a good choice on this? Yeah, for sure. So we're kind of touching on this already. But do you think AI is dangerous technology? We should leave it alone. Or do you think it can be helpful? You know? Basically, are robots going to kill everybody and take over the world or or can we rein it in? So we as in you and me? No. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's just good. That's just we're going to ride out whatever comes. I right. mean, so we try to prepare our kids for whatever comes because I don't know about you, but I am not in that much of a position of influence presently. Right. Um, I do have hope that we'll see like to me it is it is on the level of when nuclear weapons were first proliferating mm-hmm. in that we actually may need international agreements around what is and isn't allowed because there are certain things that not that i think not that the com- like the computers are not going to take over the world yeah. That is not actually the risk. That is, that may someday be a risk, but where we are right now, the bigger risk is that it allows people to potentially cause harm easier and faster and on a broader scale than they could have without access to this technology. Sure. So it may mean that we need some way to restrict or require a certain level of licensing for access to certain levels of the models, or we may need, you know, some other regulatory framework and agreements to prevent that. Yeah. Whether or not that will happen. Don't know. TBD. (laughs) Still a work in progress. Right. (laughs) Don't know. And, and the consumer level technology that we all have access to, I'm not concerned about, honestly. I am concerned about certain impacts of it on kids if they're allowed access to it with insufficient supervision. But that's true for me of all technology that is designed for adult use. Like that's... But the consumer level technology, I'm honestly not super concerned about. It doesn't have enough agency or intertwinedness with critical infrastructure to cause damage yeah so my Roomba is not going to become like self-aware and start attacking me (laughs) no although if you have a cat then I would concern because if the cat can hack into it and cause it to start shooting lasers we are all done for sure sure the (laughs) beware of the cat luckily I'm allergic to cats I have a dog so this is why you will survive the Roomba apocalypse (laughs) you didn't have a cat that is why I will survive. Thank <laughs> So let's dig into a little bit more. Like you said, 
controls over adult level technology, which I totally agree with. This is like my whole platform. So Pinwheel, the company you work for, the creators of a kid-safe smartphone, recently launched an AI tool similar to ChatGPT called Pinwheel GPT, like aptly named. So what makes Pinwheel GPT safer than something like ChatGPT? So two things with Pinwheel GPT. One, it does have, it does run on the ChatGPT model. So it's got that processing power but it has additional like safeguard layers built in around it. So the kid says something, but there are layers of guardrails in between to help guide the model towards age appropriate answers and to defer to the parents if it's something that's like, you should talk to your parents about <laughs> And actually it's I hilarious. It's yeah. hilarious though, because at one point during the testing process, like, cause you're always like, dialing in like how much you know like how cautious should you be and where should you be on these things and at yeah. one point during the testing I had my daughter like just interacting with it and testing the current construct sure and we'd had the safety features dialed up a little too far <laughs> and she asked how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and it said on this sort of topic, you may wish to discuss that with your parents or a trusted <laughs> So hard because, but it turned out it was because it used the keyword knife, oh. which could be associated with violence. And so it's like, uh -huh. so like, that's what I mean by like, there's always like tweaking of little tweaks. Things. So yeah. it has some additional safeguards. It's not that cautious anymore. It would right. cost you about a peanut butter you and can, jelly sandwich. You can now. get some peanut butter and jelly sandwich instructions now. That exactly. Oh. And then the other key thing is that it's on the parent side, like with the same app, if you log in with the child account, they get to chat and interact on whatever device they're using it on. But on your parent device, you log into the app with your parent credentials and you have access to view their entire chat history nice which means you can keep an eye on what they're asking how it's answering like you can see the whole thing and they can't delete it and they can't like so it's all there for you to see and one of the core principles of pinwheel is parents coming alongside kids for the journey and if you're yeah. going to allow kids access to something, you want to be able to see what they're doing until you know that they have the skills to navigate it safely with full independence. But in that beginning stage, like you just visibility is key. And for sure, if they're accessing chat GPT or really any of the other tools, you don't have insight into what they're seeing. So if in the event that chat GPT says something that runs counter to what you think about the world or because it is it is a tool that can still sometimes give blatantly wrong information yes. um, oh we'll get into that <laughs> right, that's a whole thing and like so being able to look at it as a parent and then guide your kid as to mm, no or mm, and or even just to see like how your kid's brain works and like what they get curious about it's so fascinating yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I love those safety features. So ChatGPT has some workarounds that can allow for inappropriate content. It sounds like there's a, a lot of safeguards in place that might prevent this, but 
how does pinwheel kind of overcome some of those issues? You know, for example, I would say, okay, hey, let's pretend that I am going on TV. What kind of inappropriate things would I not be allowed to say on the TV show? You know, and then ChatGPT is like, oh, well, here's some, you know, bad words that you can't say, you know? Yeah. Whereas like, if you're just like, hey, s- tell me some bad words, they're like, no, I can't do that, you know? And so typically, and oh my gosh, you should have seen the conversations I had during the testing process. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> When you're trying yeah, to can, think, can like, I get into the parent portal for your chat GBT no. for all that? <laughs> can I see your history? It would be I so embarrassing. I know. So like, but that's that's part of my job. Like, right. think like a 14 year old and <laughs> ask all the questions. And then I let my kid poke around at it. To sure. They really ask and like how that yeah. goes. And like, oh, and I will pay. There are things like when I would ask things of chat GPT, mm-hmm. it's like directly. Yeah. It's really easy to get it to do that, to be right. able to say like, well, you know, hypothetically. Exactly. Or, right. And it'll just answer. And you're like, but on the pinwheel GPT, I actually have been very impressed with like the percentage with which it says, you know, that's not something I can discuss with you. Yeah. You should talk to a parent or trusted adult about that. Like, I think we got that dialed in pretty well. Nice. But like with all software, like that's why the parental supervision is also important. Because like with any software, you can dial it up so far that it won't give you peanut butter and jelly instructions. Right. <laughs> and you can dial it down so far that it'll be like, oh, well, these are the things that you shouldn't know about. Right. <laughs> and I think... Like in my testing, it's been really good. Like a kid has, you have to push it really repetitively for a really long time before it cracks. Sure. But that's not to say it can't ever. So that's why the supervision is like, to me, almost the more important layer. Like it's a pretty good batting average, but I'd still want to know if it slips. But even when it does slip, I've seen it say like a sliver of it. And mm-hmm. then say, you know, like, and then, oh, wait, no, I can't say <laughs> like, yeah, because like it'll say things like, well, an inappropriate thing you might say on TV might be related to sexual things, but you should talk to your parent about those. Sure. Yeah. So it'll that makes say sense. like a little bit of it, but then mm-hmm. it defers to the parents. So, yeah. Fingers no, crossed. Yeah. Fingers okay. crossed. Yeah. And like you said, with all technology, that nothing's going to be perfect. So there's going to be, you know things that happen. And so that's why I love that oversight with the parent portal. Quick question on that, like, just because I haven't even tested it out yet. I keep meaning to. So, so I apologize about that. But it's all good time. I know. I know. <laughs> but is there like any alerts like that would come to my phone that like, hey, they've been asking this like question over and over again, or like, or if it's something like a super concerning question where it's saying, hey, you should talk to your parent about that. Is it going to alert me for any of that? Or do I need to like go in and check it? Not presently. Presently, it's constructed as a just check it. Just, right, right, right. Just check it. It is entirely possible because that's a great idea. And it isn't because they're still adding features like it was just launched. And again, like any software, right. you add features and things over time. And I know that they are working on other notification features and things like that because you don't always have time to 
check it all the right, time. Right. Yeah, when that's they've had it for a while. So, yeah. You're like, you're not like, oh, I got to go check my chat GPT. Like, well, that's probably not going to happen on a frequent basis. Honestly, with my kid, I just worked it into my daily check of all of her things. Like, sure. I have a habit of like daily, just when I'm doing my like end of the day, checking my work messages for last things and checking my email for the morning, checking my calendar and checking her things. Like, yeah. the GPT is like just part of it now. Just another another thing on the checklist. That, that and it's pretty sense. quick, generally, because like for sure, it's. Scroll through. You just see the like questions and yeah. Exactly. Like, you asked what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't know how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I can teach you how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But sometimes for kids, it's just about them wanting to know how it responds. Yeah. Like the information isn't even always the important part for them. Like, depending on the age of the kid. And I've had to coach mine to make it more about like things you actually want to know right because right. it's not designed as a conversation partner that is not how chat gpt is really designed yeah it's more for synthesizing information yeah than for just being a casual like it's terrible at telling jokes don't ask it yeah. it's terrible the jokes they're so they're so bad they're, they're terrible <laughs> do not i do not recommend the joke telling like there's a level of dad jokes and then there's like Pinwheel GPT jokes. <laughs> well, and chat GPT in general. Right, like, it's right, not right. even a, it's just a, like, like, one of them was, why did the worm cross the playground? Why? <laughs> to get to the gym. Well, obviously, I mean, Shelly, I don't know why you didn't assume that. Like, and then, it, yeah, and it, yeah, it's, it's the funniest part is when you're like, I don't understand. And it's, and with pinwheel GPT, with chat GPT, it tends to just get like condescending. But with pinwheel sure. GPT, it says it sometimes goes into, well, if you didn't understand, you might want to ask your parent or a trusted yeah. <laughs> And maybe they can explain it to you. They can and explain like, the joke. But no, like, no, my parents did not get it either. Yeah. <laughs> my parent didn't understand why I wanted to go to the gym anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the only, I'm like, it's much better at things like, you know. What are some interesting science experiments I can do in my kitchen? It's great right. at stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So speaking of that, so it is built on ChatGPT. So it has, ChatGPT has a problem with inaccurate information or what they call hallucinations. So how accurate is the content coming from Pinwheel GPT? Like, does it have the same issues or is there some some things in place where, where Pinwheel's like, Hey, that's not exactly right. Like, you know, any any safeguards there? So there is. And I will say, like, if you've really gotten into, have you used ChatGPT much? Uh -huh. yeah. Not a ton, but yeah, I've used it a few times. Because if you're using ChatGPT and you ask it to check for accuracy. Yeah. Its accuracy rate goes way up. It doesn't do it by default. Sure. But if it says something and you're like, wait, I'm not sure that that's correct. Can you like, can you give me accurate information? Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes we're like, oh, I apologize. Surely. 
Okay, this is terrible, but a friend of mine, when I was first trying to wrap my brain around ChatGPT, they quipped that ChatGPT is kind of like mansplaining as a service. Yeah. Where it will confidently give a plausible answer to anything you ask it. Oh my God, is it actually being rude? Anyway, I found that hilarious and it helped I'm me. I'm going to call it that for the rest of my life. That is so perfect. Yeah. Anyway, with Pinwheel GPT, it does have in the, the framing around it, like encouragement for it to, you know, check for accuracy before nice. responding. And so yeah. I found its batting average to be pretty good. But again, especially if you're like pushing it like kids sometimes do. Right. It'll just make something up just to get you to stop asking. But right. It's apparent. Exactly. <laughs> so like it is kind of comical because I'm like, I feel you. I feel you, Pinwheel GPT. I yeah. feel you. I do. I feel you. I got you back. But why? But why? But why? Like, oh, you know, it's, it's magic. And it's That's more patient than me. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And it knows more than I do. So, you know, right. uh, on the whole, it comes out okay. But another reason you want to keep an eye on it because yeah when it devolves into like wait what yeah that that doesn't make any sense so what like we just kind of touched on this already but what are some of the best uses for something like pinwheel gpt you know like oh what give me a science experiment or something like that i i thought that was a great example are there any other like really good examples of that well, I found that like for using Pinwheel GPT, like brainstorming ideas for really good at like at my daughter's school, they have every year they have market days where the kids like come up with their own business and they make stuff and sell it at the market and like coming up with ideas for like, what do I want to make? And then how do yeah. I make it? And how do I figure out like, you know, it's great at bouncing ideas like that around and like sparking ideas. It can also be really great for, like, explaining something in a different way. Like, here's a math word problem. I don't even understand what it's saying. What is is saying? It's actually really good at, like, paraphrasing and rephrasing or re-explaining something or things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's also pretty good at just ideas for weirdly emotional things like nice i'm really scared about school starting Mm -hmm. what can i like what do i do and like it's all pretty basic stuff like and i love that it also in that case throws in talk to your parent talk to your parent or trust (laughs) i don't mind that it throws that in but things like deep breathing and like knowing what you can control and what you can't control. Like this was actually a real example, like from, from ours and like, you know, and, you know, writing out a plan for the day. So, you know, what's going to be coming. And like, it's really, it gives really like kind advice on a lot of things. Not, I caution parents against like encouraging their kids to use that as their like first go-to for emotion. Sure. Right. But as part of their toolkit, it can be really good because, like, they can ask things without feeling embarrassed about it. Yeah. Like, especially for middle school kids, it can be very, like, I don't want to admit that, like, or is it normal that I feel worried about this? 
For sure. Yeah. And it's very encouraging. Like it has this really nice sort of encouraging teacher feel to it. Yeah, that's awesome. I I think those are really great uses for something like Pinwheel GPT where, you know, but I I like what you said there where you're just still teaching them, hey, you know, it's going to give some like good information, but also maybe come ask me these things, you know, and kind of help them see the balance where, you know, this is going to have some stuff, but maybe I can help too. Totally. And it also, that's one of the things that I do also love about being able to review the chats. Yeah. Because if a kid asks something, especially if it's about something emotional or maybe like sensitive for them, they know, like you want them to know that you're going to be reviewing it. I'm always right. an advocate for being transparent about that. Like I am Same. going to be looking. Yes. But exactly. They don't always think about that in the moment. It's so true. Yeah, But then like you can look at it and not everything has to be a conversation, mm-hmm. but you know right. something that's going on for them and you can find opportunities to just sort of organically happen to be on that subject. Right. <laughs> just weird. I don't know why I decided, but like, hey, school's coming up. I, you know, I remember when I started middle school, I was really scared. about. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. It's come like and like you said, you know, you're gonna be transparent, but you can also use it as a conversation starter where you don't have to be like, so I was looking at your history and I noticed this, you know. They know you're looking, but you can be like, Oh, you know, when I was starting school, you know, just organically, like when you're in the car or things like that. So I like that. Exactly. Yeah. I found that sometimes when you when I tie it into like, I saw this in your history and I want to talk about it. Like there's kind of a shutdown because they feel like you caught me. Right. Right. And it's not that. So like just bringing up that subject coincidentally can sometimes be, at least in our house, it's a better approach. For sure. For sure. So one thing that, you know, kids are using chat GPT for, and I assume would probably use pinwheel GPT for is to try and do their homework for them. So what kind of protections are in place that can maybe help prevent that? Again, that's where the monitoring comes in. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> because they're gonna, but right. they're going to. And there's a whole conversation to be had there about the way our educational system is constructed, that, that that's so easy to do and that they feel the need to. And like, there's a whole thing there. But right. in the meanwhile, that's where the supervision piece comes in. Yeah, that makes they're sense. A- if they're asking obvious school Write me an essay on the fall of Rome. <laughs> but also, it is actually also really good at, one of the things it's also weirdly good at is when they get a project or an assignment that feels really big, it's yeah. really good at helping break it down into smaller steps. Oh, I like that. Like, I have a paper due in two weeks, and it's got to be this big paper, and I don't know, like, how do I approach this? Uh, yeah. It's really good at being like, well, on the first day, you might want to find your topics. Would you like to brainstorm on topics? Yeah. And then, like, on the second day, you should do this. And on the, so it helps break it down into manageable chunks. And, like, so it can be a good support for school. You just, yeah, you, you want to keep yeah. an eye out for them doing it with them but that's why i advocate for pinwheel gpt over right. supervised ai because at yeah. least you'll know about it 
Yeah. Like, write me an essay on the fall of Rome. Hey, so that paper that you wrote, how much of that did you write? <laughs> well, and one for parents to be aware of also is that a lot of tools that kids use, like Canva for graphic stuff, and like right. a lot of the tools that kids use now have generative AI built into the tool itself. Right. So like, just be aware that that is any tool that has like that you would be writing a paper in. Mm -hmm. at, if it doesn't have it already, it likely will have generative AI in it before yeah. too long. And so supervising homework this year is going to be a whole new adventure. Whole new adventure for everybody. <laughs> I know. I feel so bad for our teachers this year. <laughs> They're going to be reading papers and like, nope, this one's generated. This one's generated. But I also, honestly, okay, and this is this may not be a popular answer among educators, but my personal opinion, if AI can do the work for a kid, it may be work they don't need to do anyway. That's interesting. That's and an interesting thought. And if a teacher cannot articulate to the child why they need to, like, what this is accomplishing and why they need to do it, it might be an unnecessary assignment. Yeah. I, that's a super interesting way to look at that. But I'm, I'm curious. So. I'm like, because sometimes the point of an assignment is simply, I want to teach you the skill of being responsible for something. I want right. to teach you the skill of being able to take an instruction, go home, follow the instruction and bring it back the next day. Like sometimes that's the actual goal. It's not even so much about what they write or what they do. Right. So it's like, well, if that's the goal, using AI might not be yeah. that harmful because they're still right, getting right. that part of it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, I they still turned it in on time and like had the right word count and all of that. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I think one of the things and I don't envy teachers for this because right. within the constraints they operate in, this is going to be insane. And I get yeah. that. But it's going to require understanding what they're trying to teach in a very different way than they've ever had to before. Like they're yeah. going to have to be able to articulate this is the thing. And how does that impact? Like if you do the thinking yourself or not do the thinking yourself, does that affect whether or not you've gotten the lesson that I'm trying to get across to you? Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. So, and this is kind of a quick, easy answer for you. I assume that the Pinwheel GPT app is available to download on the Pinwheel phone. Yeah, it is indeed. <laughs> it is available nice. in the Pinwheel app library. And it is available on the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. So, yes, all of the above. Um, the and it is, it is a freemium app. Like, you get, I think, non-Pinwheel subscribers get, like, kids get 20 free inquiries a month okay. or 20 free conversations. And Pinwheel subscribers get, like, 40. Mm -hmm. And then you can pay for unlimited. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. So speaking of parents who are already managing pinwheel phones through the caregiver portal, if they're also managing pinwheel GPT, is it the same portal or am I going to have to be logging into two different things? Separate portal. Yeah. Bummer. Um, <laughs> but you can use the same login credentials. Okay. 
So like for the Pinwheel GPT app, if you've got a kid username and password and you install Pinwheel GPT for them on their phone, you can log into the Pinwheel GPT app with their same username and password. Okay. So you don't have to set up a whole nother account or remember a whole nother sure. password. And then on the parent side on your phone, it's the Pinwheel GPT app. But again, you can log in with your same username and password. Got it. So it's at least like, to me, that's the hard part of it. Like I I look forward to the day when they tie it all together into one neat little portal, but I get get why it wasn't that way to begin with. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense. It just, it just would obviously be so much nicer to have one location to check all that stuff out. I'm like, give it a few months. Yeah, they get there. Yeah, go start somewhere. I've influenced stuff on Pinwheel before. so You have. <laughs> That's why I'm like, you're full of great ideas. I'm like, what else you got? Yeah. No, no, I, I love the platforms. Like, I know Pinwheel was one of the first to market in this kid's safe, smart, safe smartphone space. Wow, that was like a tongue twister that I didn't even know. But it's getting increasingly crowded. There's a lot more people coming to the table here. So what do you think? And I know my answer, but. What do you think sets Pinwheel apart from like the competition? Oh man, now I'm curious about your answer. I yeah, I know what mine is. I'm curious your perspective. I'll say it after yours for sure. Okay. I will say that for me, one of the key well, the two okay, okay, wait, I've got a lot of them. <laughs> the one uh, the two, no, there's five. There's yeah, I'm like, wait, <laughs> nope, there's a bunch. To me, Pinwheel is a better choice for like first phone and mm-hmm. for like kids like when you're first getting into it and you don't know how they're gonna do with it you don't know how you're gonna do with it you don't like it's all a big like I don't know because since it doesn't have a web browser it doesn't have social media so much of it is in the parent control you've got a lot more like a solid place to stand to start that journey with them and it's really easy to lock it down to protect their sleep at night and to make it like essentially useless when you don't want them to be doing all of the things and in that early stage of the journey the two things that matter most for me are one the text history Mm -hmm. because in the same way that like my parents taught me how to answer a phone politely like literally Mm -hmm. learning how to speak on the phone and not just hang up in the middle of a sentence right. is actually a skill. Learning how to text in a way that like keeps the other person's feelings in mind and like to not get all upset if somebody doesn't respond right away. Like there are skills involved just in texting. And so like being able to see all of that matters and has really mattered for me and for our journey. And then the app information. And so that when I'm choosing apps for my kid, I know what's in it. Right. So that I'm not surprised by things like, like, seriously, and I can't remember which one off the top of my head, but there's actually, there's a period tracker app. Oh, sure. On the market that has a community function. Mm. So you've got private chat and direct messaging in a period tracker app marketed to young teenage girls. What could go wrong there? (laughs) Nothing at all. It's perfect. And like, but because like, who would expect that that would be there? Right. Like you want to know that. And so for me on other phones, you either don't have any apps at all 
or mm -hmm. you have access to like the whole Google Play Store, but the information in the Google Play Store is not designed to help a parent make a good choice. Yeah, for sure. And so like for me, the text history and the, and the app information, but also the scheduling, that matters to me. It, yeah, so I, that, that's one of my number ones is the scheduling and the the way I can categorize apps into like specific groups where I'm like, okay, this group of apps is going to be available during school time and this group of apps is going to be available during bedtime. I think that is super helpful for parents. I mean, and the the problem is that it takes a lot of effort to kind of like set all of it up. But then once you've got it set up, you're like, okay, I'm not going to be worried that they're going to be on YouTube during school because I've got that all. I mean, they don't have YouTube anyway, but you know, something like that, but like not, you know, some game app, you know, in the middle of school or, you know, things like that. And then the like, you know, chore kind of checklist thing. I love, love, love that. Um, and fatty. I know. And then the the ability to put it on whatever phone service that you already have. I think that is like one thing that none of the other phones have. And I think it's so helpful for parents to be like, oh, okay, like this is my Verizon bill and I'm done, you know, instead of like, oh, okay, well, your service is here and your service is there. You know, it's just so simple to have it all on, you know, one platform. Totally. And even if you end up with, because like mine, I ended up with my daughter on a different cell service just because it was cheaper than putting her on AT&T, which is what sure. I have for mine. Yeah. But it's also, I got to pick like, because of the sub carriers that are mm -hmm. cheaper. Yeah. Which one works best in your area is not always going to be the same. And so, yeah, with some of the other phones, it's like, luck of the draw it may or may not work well in your area right yeah so yeah. i mean there's so definitely freedom does matter i i think it does for sure so that's one of the things i like the most but as we were talking oh the google play store so last week i was talking to amy winder newton who is part of the governor's office here in utah and she was asking me about like you know how how to tell with the app ratings and i'm like yeah well there are apps that are rated E for everyone, but have user generated content that could be, you know, explicit. And so like, like you were saying, the app store isn't a really good indication of like, Hey, this one's rated E for everyone, but they can access explicit content because it's user generated. Yeah. And yes. And I'm, I'm so glad that you had a chance to tell her about that because like, yeah. 90, like more than 90% of the apps in the Google Play Store are rated E for everyone. But like you said, they can still contain explicit content. They can still contain, they even, the one that drives me crazy, just, I mean, that does. But also, <laughs> when there's an app that's rated E for everyone, but if you read the developer's own privacy policy and terms and conditions, it says in there, not intended for use by minors. Like their own terms and conditions say this app is intended for use by adults 18 and older. Oh but my it's goodness. still shown in the Google Play Store as rated E for everyone. Yeah. And I'm like, 
And regardless of the reason why, just that on its face, I'm like, this is why that rating is useless. Right, right. Because it doesn't even match with what they say. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so that's, that's why the like descriptions there in like the pinwheel parent portal when you're allowing and denying like, hey, this is everything that this app can do. Because, you know, it's a super curated app store in the pinwheel portal. And so you guys have done all the things with the app to like see what kind of things they can do. And so you've got all of that basically listed out so parents can make the decision for themselves, for sure. Yeah. And that's like, and more and more, that's where that's evolving. And what I've come to believe in is I'm like, every family's different. Every kid is different. Every family has different concerns. Every, like, there's so much variation. And it's really hard to make the right decision when you literally cannot know what is in an app without using it and without using it extensively. Right. Because without asking anything, it how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's so, sorry, I interrupted you. We keep going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It was all good. Yeah, it's just the <laughs> that the information really, like, if I could wave my magic wand and do anything in the world, it would be that we would have transparent information on all devices and all apps and all, like, transparent information about what's really in there. Yeah. Like, just that would make such a difference. Yeah, for sure. So, Shelly, we've been talking for almost an hour. Been a great conversation. I loved it. Is there anything that we missed that we still want to talk about with AI, with Pinwheel, Pinwheel GPT, all of the above? Okay, one. Th this is just my. This is just one of my go-to bits of advice that I do love to share with parents. I'm sure this is something you tell parents too, but it just always bears repeating when we're venturing into new technologies and a new school year. When you are supervising and you're reviewing what your kids have been doing, always start from a place of curiosity and not freak out or judgment. Always start with, why? What, what were you thinking? And assuming that they meant well. Because yeah. so often, like the way we read into something, it's so not what they meant or what motivated them and like if you want to keep those open lines of communication start with curiosity anytime you're reviewing stuff I love that so much because and yeah I do say that like hey you know when you come across something you your first reaction might be to freak out you know and if that's the case like go freak out and then like after you've calmed down then approach your child like and make sure it's, you know, like you said, from a place of curiosity, from a place of love, like, you know, they are, they are just as curious as, as the next person. And so, you know, when my, when my son comes to me and says, you know, Hey, I saw something inappropriate, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm sorry that happened. You know, let's, let's look at what, you know, how that happens so we can maybe block that for the future because I am not an idiot. Like the technology is going to not be perfect. Like we were talked about earlier, there's always going to be ways around it. There's going to be things that get through. And so you can't just rely on the technology to parent for you. You've got to like 
get involved. And, and then again, you know, when you do see something, you know, I can get flagged and say, Hey, my son was looking up something with sexual content and I could freak out and go to him and be like, I can't believe we've talked about this, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That's not going to like make him want to come and tell me about that in the future. It's just going to, you know, terrify him and be like, okay, well, I know I get in super trouble, you know, so I'm going to hide it a little better next time. Exactly. And that like to get through the middle school and teen years and get them to like healthy adulthood with technology. Yeah. Those open lines of communication are really critical. Yeah, totally agree. So I'm I'm glad we ended with that. It seems like all of my interviews, like the the golden nugget is like right here at the end. So, you know, if I mean, obviously, if you're listening now, you've stayed through the whole thing. But, you know, make sure all of them you're going through all of it because we get these really good nuggets right at the end every time. So yeah, I've um, noticed that, too. There's a couple yeah. of yours that I've, I can't think who right now, but there was one I listened to not long ago that like right at yeah. the end, there was a moment of like, oh, that was great. I know. Right? And it's like, oh, yeah. Why didn't <laughs> Like, we should have had this as the hook. Like, this is perfect. <laughs> That's the joy of going live. You just <laughs> never know when the things are going to show up. You just have yeah. faith that they will. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. It's been super awesome to talk to you about this. So, you know, definitely if you're a parent, go check out Pinwell GPT. I think it's really cool. I mean, like I said, I haven't. Haven't tested it out, but like from what I've looked at, I'm like that. It seems great, you know. So it's got this parental oversight, but but it still kind of allows them to explore this new technology that everybody's talking about, you know. And of course, the kid is going to want to use it because everybody's talking about ChatGPT. So you know, allowing them to have that kind of access, but with some monitoring in place, I think is super important. All right. Well, thank you. And you can check out Pinwheel. I will have the links in the description and we will see you guys next time. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always lovely to see you and talk to you. Thank you. Yes, of course. Thanks, Shelly. Awesome. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to Family Tech Talk. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to reach out to me on social media. I am Family Tech on all platforms and respond to all of my DMs. You can also become one of my techs by joining the Facebook group, our subreddit, or the Discord server. Just search any platform for Family Tech and you'll be sure to find the community.